everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another fantastic episode of the GYST podcast. Your favorite podcast. I messed up again. Um, <laughs> the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. Man, I didn't even have a drink before this one. Are you okay? still messed up? Do you want to pour another one? I kind of do. Do it. Wait, am I doing the solo? Yeah, of course you are. Oh, I don't want to do nah, solo. You ain't doing it solo. I got you. What? My boy's got me. So he's going to be pouring the shots, ladies and gentlemen, as I prep you for this fantastic episode, episode 157. And before we start drinking, I've got a question to ask you guys. What? What is that? What's the question? Now, at one point or another, hopefully you have participated in a interview for a job as Kyle spills stuff all over. Um, it's on the notebook. It's on there. It's right it's on there. the notebook and it's on the... Yeah. Uh, and so one of the famous questions that you always get asked is, where do you see yourself in five years? And that question is designed to really question your ambitions. So if you say you're not sure, you don't really have a sense of direction, you're just kind of going to go with the flow or see where this job um, evolves into, they're going to pass you by just because they're not interested. And ask yourself if you were the person giving the interview and you asked a question and you got a kind of flaky answer back, you'd probably pass on the person too. So we realize that there is a value for understanding your outcome of what you're expecting in life. Now, let me ask you this question, ladies and gentlemen, before Kyle and I take shots on air. Do you have a five-year goal? Do you know where you're going to be in five years? Do you know how much money you're going to be making in five years? What your life is going to look like in five years? What goals do you have that you're wanting to accomplish in five years? And I'm willing to bet the vast majority, I would say 97% of the listeners have no idea. And with that, we're going to toast to your well-being. We're going to toast to your well-being and everyone's lack of a five-year plan. Lack of five-year plan. I'm not a fan of that shit. Oh, that one did not sit right. I'm not a fan of that, bro. Ugh. And so, ooh, we have. So first off, Appleton oh, Rental, please man. don't sponsor us. Mm. So first off, we have to examine why is that a powerful question. So, Cobb, before we dive into why, well, first off, do you have a five-year plan? I don't. I don't have an official five-year plan. It's not something I've documented. For life. Correct. Do you have kind of a basic understanding of where you're going to be five years for work? Basic understanding of where I'm going to be for work? Yeah. Very loose. More so than your personal life, though. Um, Maybe not. Oh. Actually. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't think... I think I have a couple of clear goals and ambitions... That I would like, well, let's not say that I would like. Let, let me say that I envision for myself within five years. And is that personal that or professional? Personal. Got it. That I don't have in my professional life. Okay. 
I think I have more question marks in my professional life for the five-year time period than I do in my personal life. And ladies and gentlemen, Rohit is making a crazy face because this, this rum was not the business. And it's the same rum we had before last episode, but... I'm not feeling it. Ugh, there's only one piece of gum. I guess we're going halvesies. <laughs> there you go, buddy. We share everything else in life, including the shower. Yeah, now we're in the bed. sharing gum. On the bed. And Sam. <laughs> Been sharing Sam for years with all kinds of people. Who's Sharon? Sharon. Sharon with Sharon. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, so anyway, you, you're, you were saying, um, you, you asked, do I have a five-year plan for personal and professional? And before we get into why, mm-hmm. why that's important. Where, where else were you going with that? Um, no, so I, I think that that's mostly it. Because I'm willing to guess, like I said, I strongly believe 97% of the people listening have never even done anything goal, sorry, 80% have never done anything goal-related and 20% have. That's the famous 80-20, also known as the Plato Principle. Only 3% of the population actively sets goals and is proactive with their life. So that's why I say 97% of the people listening probably have no idea where they're going to be in five years. Hmm. They're just going with the flow. What would you say is the socioeconomic status of those 97%? I would say middle to lower class. Yeah. Just just kind of going with the flow of getting by. I'm, I'm not going to say that that is acceptable because... You know, I, I'm very fortunate. I grew up in, in middle class. I, both my parents worked. They worked really hard and both had amazing jobs with the state of Washington. They retired with the state. And there wasn't any, I never really felt lack. At the same time, I remember having ambitions of maybe entrepreneurship or, or something like that growing up and and my parents would always say, oh, you know, no, you don't want to do that, you know, because then if you own your own business, you're on it 24-7. They're like, look at us. The majority of my family, aunts and uncles, all retired with the state of Washington. You go to work, you come home, you don't have to think about it. Here's your retirement plan. Everything's really safe. At the same time, by playing it safe, you get average results. And when I take a look at what the average people do, they're all talking about the things that they don't have in life. We don't have this and we don't have that. And it's, it's all centered around a lack mentality. And that's something that I don't want for myself. I believe that having that lack mentality shows a lack of ambition, which that five-year goal exemplifies. Now, I've always known where I want to be. And I've always known, okay, you know, I, I want to be a professional speaker and I want to be a motivational force in this world. I want to positively impact the lives of 10,000 people per month. These, these are all things that I've always said I wanted to do. However, it wasn't recently until... Was it I, until recently? Yeah, that I participated in Jim Rohn, one of my mentors, his um, goal-setting workshop. 
And that has transformed my life. I mean, I'm sure you have noticed a, ch- a change in me for, from the past few months. Yeah, I'd say six to eight weeks, eight weeks probably. And with that, one of the first things that he has you do, and I wish I would have known I was going to talk about this because I would have been a little bit better prepared. But the first thing that he has you do is write down five times when you were a winner. Because he says it's so important. When, when we think about goal setting, it's all about stuff that you don't have in your life right now. That's what a goal is. Mm. It's you don't have something. You, you want to get something. Obtaining something you want that you don't have today. Yeah. And so right away, he's going to say, Kyle, give me five times when you were a winner. When, when you got what you wanted and how it felt. Because it's important that you associate emotion behind activities. Because when your brain checks off from a lack of milestones or accomplishment it's your emotions going to keep you pressing which is similar to the conversation you and i had off air what did we talk about we didn't really talk about logistics we talked Mm -hmm. about the emotion we we just weren't feeling a certain thing anymore and it was like okay how do we and and maybe this is you know me talking to you indirectly now that i think about it how was how were all the ways that we were addressing that logistically that's it Right? And that's maybe why we kept on going with the snowball. Pushing that snowball up a hill. So, um, goddamn snowball. <laughs> and so, what he has you do is first off, list ways that you've been successful. Then he has you just list 50 goals that you want to accomplish in the next 10 years. Wow. Right? And do most people even have 50 goals? I would say most people don't even have four or five. The only right. time people set goals is once a year around New Year's. That's it. And that's just a loose you know, commitment. They're never going to accomplish it because there's no real intention to do it. Because one thing that you've always said is if the intention was real, why do you have to pick a date to do it? Yeah. Why do you have to say January 1st is when I'm going to start? Why can't you start December 29th? That's something that you've said that's always resonated with Start me. whenever you want to. And so he has you list these goals. And then you go through and you check off what's achievable in the next one, three, five, and 10 years. So you go through and you're like, this is a one year, one year, five year, three year, three year, 10 year, five year. So you go through and you list them all. So now you kind of have an outline of your life for the next 10 years, if you really think about it, because these are things that you want to accomplish. And then he has you pick the top four that are one year goals and then journal about them. Why is that important to you? And then before you know it, you walk in not having a clear plan of your life and you walk out with, for the next year of my life, I'm dedicating to these four things. Hmm. And you tie it in emotionally. This is why it's important to me. It's important that I do this. And this is why. This is a reflection of who I am. This is what I want my kids to see and, and to accomplish. And, and you're supposed to journal these things. Yeah. Put them on paper. Make Put them on real. paper. Yeah. Write it down and make it plain. Do it. As they say. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, if, if you want to do the same thing, I just told you the five-year plan. I just told you his goal-setting workshop. You know exactly what to do now. And that was $1,000. That was $1,000. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're fucking welcome. But, but you know, I mean, I, I think sometimes we, we overcomplicate things. And that's why I liked his goal-setting workshop is because it really broke it down. And it's been adopted by several people. Tony Robbins does something very similar to this, um, but he actually has it categorized. So he wants you to set a personal development goal, a professional goal, a health goal, things like that. Hmm. But his is based off Jim Rohn's five-year goal. Wow. How old is this? Jim Rohn? Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, Jim Rohn is no longer with us. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But when it comes to the world of personal development, I mean, you you ask any of the top people, John C. Maxwell, uh, Tony Robbins, Darren Hardy, um, Jack Canfield, all these guys. Huge names. They all point to Jim Rohn. Wow. Um, He was the kind of the father of the the personal development world is kind of Napoleon Hill with his book Think and Grow Rich and Earl Nightingale. Um, But really, I I think the person who brought it to the masses really was Jim Rohn. And I mean, I've been a student of his for for years. There's so many of his programs that I've just... Yeah, you bring him up a lot. Yeah. A lot. I should should familiarize myself a little bit more with his work. The, The main reason why I really like him is because there's... On, on the complete opposite side is is another person that I've worked very closely with, Jeff Combs. Now, Jeff Combs is very analytical. He, he's an owl and lion. And he will just tell you fact after fact after fact after fact. His voice is so monotonous, it's very boring, and I just lose all interest. That's Jeff Combs? Jeff Combs. But Jim Rohn, he tells you stories. He's, he's very much like Zig Ziglar. He'll tell you stories... And through those stories are the lessons. So, for example, his... So he teaches through emotion. Yeah. Because stories elicit emotion in people. Yeah. Like, he talks about the day that turned his life around. That's one of his programs that I have. He was 25, had a kid, had a wife, and there was a knock on his door, and it was a Girl Scout. And she's like, hello, you know, I'm, I'm here to sell Girl Scout cookies. I, I would love your support. And he went to her, he's like, oh, you know what? I, I, I believe in your program. I would love to support you. Um, I just recently purchased some, and so I'm good. And she says, well, thank you very much for your support. It really means a lot to us. We're doing some fantastic things. Thank you very much. She leaves. He closes the door and just drops. He didn't buy Girl Scout cookies earlier. Oh, that liar. He didn't even have the $2 to do that and here he is this grown man married has a kid starting a family and he can't afford two dollars wow and because that he had to lie to a girl scout and he credits that as the day that turned his life around because he said never again that was his kick in the balls moment wow he's i mean i love his stuff and it wasn't about not being able to get cookies it was about support yeah and the fact that he had to essentially deceive a child yeah to save his own embarrassment that's really what it was about yeah right saving his own embarrassment and how many of us you know don't have a real plan in life too many yeah too many um that's huge so when we when we think about the whole five-year plan piece, do you think that people think that it's too far out? Or they're not aware of what they're capable of? I mean, you, you bring up an, an excellent point. I think it's difficult for us to imagine five years. Yeah. Because it, it's, what, 2019 right now? Mm-hmm. 2024 is five years. So what, what's the date today that we're recording? April uh, something? April, April, April 2nd. 2nd. Where are you going to be April 2nd, 2024? I think that is difficult to envision because I don't have a concept of 2024. Yeah. But I do have a concept of 41 years old. 
Let's bring that up. You yeah. don't talk about age a lot or express your age. So I'll respect your views on that. Um, and, and do you know why? Ageism. We discussed that one time, yeah. but I don't know specifically other than that why. No, that, that's exactly it. Um, I believe age is a self-limiting belief. Mm-hmm. When I read some of the personal development stuff, because I, I'm telling you, I wanted to do this since high school. Yeah. My senior project was bringing leadership as, as a required course in high school. Hmm. And when I go back and I read some of that stuff now, it's fantastic stuff. And I'm not just saying that because it's mine. It genuinely is like concepts that I knew back then that are just starting to be picked up now. But back then I was like, I'm only an 18 year old kid. Like who's going to listen to me? Mm. And I fell into that trap when I'm seeing these personal development guys who are 40, 50 plus. I thought the only way you could do that is if you have all this years of experience. And because of that, it was like, okay, at what age is it appropriate for me to be that guy? When did you realize you didn't have to wait? I still struggle. Are you still realizing I, that? I, that's one wow. of my greatest struggles in life. That is like huge. 100%. Having my, this is almost going down another rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I don't say this lightly. Dealing with my mother's passing yeah. was a thousand times easier than me understanding I already am the person that I've always wanted to be. I still struggle every single day with like, do I know enough? Who would listen to me? And you and I have talked to other people about being on the podcast as guests before. Yeah. And what did they all say? How can I help someone get their sh together? If I can't help myself. If I don't even have my sh I don't together. even know. And we've done episodes around that. Why is it that we don't see our own magic? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. You know? And to answer your question, I still struggle wow. every single day. And it's the greatest form of procrastination in my life. That's fascinating. I've been on this two-year plan now for probably 10, 15 years. Holy shit. Now that's a kick in the balls moment. So, yeah. And so, and that stemmed, right? So, we went down that path because... I was attempting to point out the fact that you had an idea of success of a 40-year-old person or a 50-year-old person or a 35-year-old person, mm-hmm. right? So you have a concept of what that looks like. As a child, you had a concept of what the year 2000 looked like. <laughs> and it was more like the yeah. George Jetsons yeah. than it was <laughs> what reality was in 2000 with the damn Y2K bug, Yeah, right? And it just completely blew your desired or created reality out of the water. I have no clue what 2024 holds. I don't know what that looks like. So I don't have a concept of 2024. Mm -hmm. But I do have a concept of a 41-year-old man. Mm -hmm. It's because a little bit likely because I prescribe to ageism and what I expect or believe a man of that age and or stature should have achieved at that time. So I think to me, when we talk about that, it's a little bit easier to put those things into perspective when we discuss age over the date. 
Mm-hmm. The date doesn't really have any meaning. No. What does April 2nd, 2024 mean to you? Nothing. Right? Unless it's a day your car's going to be paid off or a day your home's going to be paid off. See, so so this is interesting. So, so I find more power in the five-year mark. Mm-hmm. You're saying you find more power in the age mark. Mm-hmm. Now, now that's interesting. I think it's because we prescribe different beliefs. Mm-hmm. You have removed ageism. Well, but you're still working on it, sounds like, right? But you have a belief that age shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I have a belief that by a certain age, I should achieve certain things. Rather than five years, it's at this point in my life, uh-huh. this is where I should be. So if you're doing that, are you following your own goals or those goals that have been set up by a a mediocre society? Based on the construct around me, mediocre society, 100%. So what you're saying is you're setting your goals up to be mediocre. So sort of, I would say the mediocre society, yes, but I would also say that a vision of what I believe is success at that age. And that's, I I want this to be defined by you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's my idea of success. So not necessarily the status quo, which I would agree, mediocrity, Mm -hmm. but what I would envision to be success at X age, Y age, Z age, right? Whatever that looks like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll, that I'll support sense? that. Yeah, as long as it's yours and you're not like, wow, everyone else my age is married, so I should be married I should as be well. Married. Yeah, or I should have kids. Yeah, right. So some of that trap I fall into. It's like, okay, everyone already has kids that are X, Y, Z years old, right? You know, should I have that? And then it's like, I get myself out of that and I say no, because that doesn't matter. What matters is that. These are the things that I want to do with my children. In 10 years, I want to play soccer with my kids. Mm-hmm. I want to play baseball with my kids. I want to play basketball with my kids. I got to take better care of myself. I got to run more. I got to eat better. I got to be more active. I got to pay attention to myself. So those are the things that I think about. It's not necessarily because society tells me I have to, but because that these are experiences that I had as a child that I really enjoyed, and I want to share that with my kids as well. I think you two are going to have such an adorable little girl. Why would you say that? Because I'm just, I know you and I know Emily. I mm-hmm. think like, like your kid, I mean, if it's a boy, you know, whatever. But I think with a girl, the way she is, like, I oh. think you're going you're gonna to have an adorable little girl. I'm going to be an owner of many, many guns. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll begin to exercise my Second Amendment <laughs> rights. As Glenn would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think those are the things that I think of. But but also, again, my vision of success of XYZ age is created by society. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, that, that plays into it as well, I would say. So I think that's why, to me, like the five-year timeline, five years, I can think like, wow, it's a long time. But when I put that date on it, it doesn't mean as much. It seems far out. It seems unattainable. It seems vague. Yeah. And all those things. Now, why do you think people don't set five-year goals? 
and 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 I know people just don't set goals in general, but <laughs> but why do you think when it when it comes to like a five year plan, you know, mm-hmm. I if I can go up to ten people off the streets and say, okay, I want if if everything stays the same, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, with everything being um, status quo, everything staying the same, five years, would you be happy with your life? And I bet you everyone's going to say no. No, if things continue exactly the way they are, I will not be happy with this life in five years. Were you five years ago, would you have been happy with the life you have now? And it's the same thing. No, probably not. Well, then why don't you do something about it? Now is the time. If not now, then when? And I think that's not Jim Rohn quote. Now is the time to change the next 10 years of your life. Hmm. Now. Because if not, and, and that's the thing he says, is I can tell you exactly what the next five years are going to be like. They're going to be exactly like the five years that just went by. Because if you aren't, and, and I, I wish I had the complete list, but he, but he says the things that really make a difference are the people you surround yourself with, the books that you read, um, and, and kind of the, the ambition that you set for yourself. And I think there's so much that we do that is comfort-driven. We, we, we've, we've heard of the, the analogy of the hot girl in college hanging out with the not-hot girls because it makes her look hotter, look hotter and feel better about herself. And I think we do the exact same thing in life. We surround ourselves with friends who... Thanks, Rohit. That's why you hang out with me. Well, I said friends in in my defense. So <laughs> you son of a gun, <laughs> got you on a technicality. Yeah, you did. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not talking about me. Um, but but I think the vast majority of people surround themselves with people who are not as ambitious as them, because then they don't feel the pressure to having to be more proactive with their life. We've seen that with this podcast. So instead of, um, well, I do mean to interrupt you. I'm not going to apologize. Instead of, <laughs> instead of being more proactive, uh-huh. they put themselves in situations, people who are less proactive, to make them to be perceived as more proactive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm at fault for doing that exact same thing. For years now, I've been talking about being a part of a mastermind group. And I've almost exhausted my resources trying to find a mastermind group in the Seattle area that I can be a part of. And, and at the same time, it's kind of like if, if you are playing pool, you got to start playing pool with people who are better than you. That's how you're going to get oh, better. Man. But if you keep playing with the people that you are able to hustle easily, you're not going to grow. I've been so addicted to ping pong at work. You you've been sharing this lately. Oh, my blade is in my car. Man, I'm like motherfucking Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Um, I agree 100. percent It's with anything, especially in sports. If you're not practicing with somebody better than you, then you're not getting better. How do you stay hungry? How do you stay at the top of your game? Um, your boy, your boy Rob pushes you when it comes to running. Rob. 
Oh, yeah. Not lately, though. I've been trying to get his ass Man. to come out and run. He, he, Rob, you've been slacking, bro. We are calling you out. I just hung out with him on Sunday at the Stars game, and I was trying to get him to do a race with me. Would you like to do one? 5K. 1K. And for anyone who's interested, it's Kyle at GYSTpodcast.com. Anyway, I want to go back to something you said. Um, why people don't make five-year plans. Why they don't make goals in general, let alone a five-year goal. What do you, what do you think? What do you think about that? What prevents people from doing that? It, a goofy analogy that came to mind when you were saying that to me is, have you been to IKEA? Yes. Love their pizza. Random. <laughs> Sorry. But okay, now I want Ikea pizza. I've never had it, I don't think. I've had the meatballs. I'll go there meatballs. sometimes for lunch. Do you really? Yeah. Just from here, I'll just go up and grab a slice and grab a soda and just walk around. Rando. Yeah. But fantastic. Everything you buy at Ikea, most everything you buy at Ikea needs to be assembled. There's jokes of how Ikea is the most difficult furniture in the world to assemble, right? A simple goal is like a lamp. A five-year plan is like an entire living room set. Yeah. Who goes to Ikea and buys an entire living room set and comes home and builds it? It's daunting. Yeah. It's challenging. It's like the boss in a video game. Once you get there, you don't know what to do with it. And I think that's what gets in the way of people. It's intimidating. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little bit earlier as, as an exercise. I don't understand why. I think maybe because, as you mentioned, again, as you would say, if you thought back five years ago and you look at where you're at now with what you would have liked to have had five years ago, have you exceeded your expectations, met your expectations, or not met your expectations? The likelihood is you haven't met them in a lot of cases. And that almost means you have to look at yourself as a failure. Mm. That's an extreme dramatic look, but that's the reality. That's the reality that people paint for themselves. And I think we have to understand that because I haven't achieved said desired result doesn't mean I'm a failure. It means I didn't take the necessary actions. So as an individual, I'm not a failure. My results are not what I would like them to be. Whatever actions I took, if any, did not line up to what my desired results were. So I need to change those. Or I need to envision that a little bit differently. Or the next five years will be just like the last five years. Yeah. So I think those are probably some of the challenges that I would say that I know that I have, and I would imagine a lot of our listeners have as well, is taking a look at those things, you have to look in the mirror. And you have to understand you're where you are at because of yourself. Yes. Yes. And you got to do something about it. Which is why, I mean, I... I I tell people all the time, the most difficult thing you can do is personal development. 
it's easy for me to go to a gym for two hours a day and walk out, you know, what, a couple of weeks later with a mm-hmm. three point fat percentage and muscles. No. Um, walk but, off a pizza from <laughs> Ikea and you're saying three point fat percentage? <laughs> Get out of here. But it's, it's easy to go to the gym and work out and be healthy. It's difficult, I understand, because it requires dedication. But it's easy to do. There are steps to follow. With personal development, I was I was just sharing with someone someone over the weekend. I'll I'll take a personal development book that's that's maybe a hundred pages, and people will be like, oh, I can I can read that easily in probably a weekend, or or a week, it. right? That's the thing, is I can easily spend a half hour on a single page, because not only am I because I have to read everything three times. The first time just to read it. The second time to truly understand the concepts behind it. And the third time to see how it's applicable to my life. Being involved in the world of personal development, and you can attest by this, means you have to, for every single lesson you learn, you're kicking yourself in the balls. Twice. Three times. Which is why it's difficult. Which is why 97% of the population is mediocre. There are less successful people in the world than there are healthy people who go to the gym all the time and it's easy for me to to go to the gym and, and take snapchats and, and instagram posts every <laughs> single you day you're gonna say steroids <laughs> well that too you know um but but it's very difficult in the world of personal development because a lot of time it's 100 looking yourself in the mirror and be like i got here because of my past Thoughts and actions. I have no one to blame. It's not the economy. It's it's not my boss. It's it's not my family. It's me. Why is it that twins? There there was a there was there are these two twins born in poverty. Both of them had the same abusive father who was a drunken and now you know an alcoholic and and not really going anywhere with his life. One person used that as a crutch and ended up a drunken alcoholic, and the other one use that to propel himself forward to become a successful entrepreneur. Why is that? Everything was the same. But it's our interpretation of what happens. Am I going to allow this event to hold me back? Or am I going to use it to propel myself forward? There have been very, very many difficult things that have happened to me. And, and I've shared a lot on air. There have been a lot of people who have left the podcast who were once a part of this, and it affected me personally deeply. Like it, it hurt because these were were friendships that now are, are some exist, some don't. They're they're diminished, you know, whatever the case may be. And I can use that as in, why would I invite any of my other friends to be a part of this? Because look, it, it's caused me a lot of hurt and pain, and and those relationships just aren't the same. Or I can say, look at the people who are here, who are still moving forward. Look at the people who have left, but still, I can guarantee had breakthroughs, and their life will never be the same because of this. People who come into the studio and share their stories on this mic have taken a a huge step forward in life. So am I going to use that as a crutch, or am I going to use that to propel myself forward? And that's the same thing is... 
when you take a look at where you want your life to be like in five years, I'm telling you right now, if you don't plan it, it's going to be the exact same. You're going to wake up five years from now and be like, wow, where did the last five years go? But if you don't do something proactively to, to change course, it's going to be the exact same. I came up to you, said, Kyle, I think about doing this podcast. Would you like to be on it? You had a choice. Oh, yeah. You could have said yes. I, you, you did say yes. I said yes. Or you I could have said, said no. no. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you right now, and I know we're running short on time, but, but I'm going to ask you to, to think about your life. We, we talked about being proactive and seeing where the next five years would, would have led you or, or will, will lead you. You've been a part of this podcast now. I'm, I don't know what we've been doing this about three years now. Three years. Where would your life be now if three years ago if you had said it's not for me? And that's a tough question. Probably where it was three years ago. Um, yeah, that is a very tough question, especially to have to self-analyze and reflect on the spot, on the microphone. So thank you for doing that to me right now. <laughs> really appreciate that. Totally makes me feel comfortable. Oh, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> it's a very good question. Now... We talk about what you get out of things quite a bit, whether it be financial, spiritual, mental, emotional, all that good stuff. I think this podcast has allowed me to not create excuses for myself as often as I would have in the past. It has allowed me to take certain actions that I probably wouldn't have taken in the past. And to recognize, I'm struggling for a different word other than faults, but that let's call a spade a spade, to recognize faults in myself and how I can overcome them. You, at times in the past, had asked me to deliver certain portions of a seminar. And I couldn't get out of my head. I wanted it to be perfect. Everything had to be just right. I recognize that I allow that to get in my way sometimes. I'm unsure of myself, and I think things have to be a certain way. So, like when I decided to buy a house, I said, I don't really know what to do. I don't know if I have enough money. I don't know if my credit's good enough. I don't know what steps to take. You know, I could have used all those excuses to wait and to save more money and get my credit to a better standing but I didn't I said if I keep doing this shit I'm just gonna keep wasting time so I made a phone call hey I'm looking to buy a house what do I need to do can I do it right now do I need more money do I need better credit what do I need and I made it happen because I because of this podcast I was able to recognize something like that and know that I needed to just take action I couldn't allow myself to convince myself not to do it because in the past I would have. And what's interesting is we all talk ourselves out of opportunities. Why do we love to live in the land of what ifs? Because it's a dream. And everybody wants a dream. Yeah. 
People want an escape? I don't know. That's good. I like that quote. I should trademark it then. You should. <laughs> Do it now. And it should be on next week's homepage of Momentum. The Chrome plugin. You never heard of that? Nope. I'm going to show you later. Move it over to Firefox. We'll plug it. Yeah. Well, do you still have Chrome? Um, I think on my phone. Okay. Uh, I don't think it works on the phone, but I'll show you anyway. I love that. Five-year plan. How do we fix it? In closing. I'm, I'm just going to give you the, the goal-setting workshop again. Just find a quiet spot. Come up with 50 things that you want in your life for the next 10 years. If you can't come up with 50, just... 20, You don't 30, deserve to 10. live. Um, <laughs> just come up with 50 things that you want to do over the next 10 years and, and get out of your head, for heaven's sake. Just dream for once. And then mark them down. What's accomplishable in 1, 3, 5, and 10 years? And then pick the top four that you want to accomplish this year and journal about why those are important to you. Bam. By listening to this episode, episode 157, mark this down. Listen to it over and over again. We talked about some powerful stuff. We are changing your life. Where are you going to be April 2nd, Don't even listen to 158 next week. Listen to 157 again. Yes. Sort of. Yeah, promote keep, any listenership. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is good. This is good. Five-year plan. Daunting, scary, intimidating, but also productive and life-altering. And can provide nothing but growth and perspective. Highly recommended to all of our listeners. Something that a lot of us don't really take stock of but take a look at it see what you can do and preparation is key with that said we're signing off for another episode of the GYST podcast your favorite podcast also known as the get your shit together podcast thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next week thanks everyone for listening to our GYST podcast we hope you learned how to get your together. 